though? I've had a f- I've had a few things happen to me. Okay. And I, I honestly didn't know which one to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one that might not might not be good, but it's on my mind. Okay. So I maybe we'll try that one. Sure. I can't I can't shake it. Okay. Um. The the state of discourse, not just we've talked about social media, mm-hmm. but general discourse in this country. Is it just the older I get, the more like aware and like crotchety I am about it? Mm-hmm. Or have we reached a level where like, you know, kind of calm, collected discourse is gone mm-hmm. from the public domain? Well, are you talking specifically about like, mainstream media stuff are you talking about like internet comments i feel like i and i know that this isn't true but there's the there's the perception that it's all gone (laughs) you know i mean Mm -hmm. from the internet from mainstream media from blogs from definitely from facebook Mm -hmm. from reddit you know i mean Mm -hmm. i just i just don't know where to go to get the all right everyone calm down perspective Mm -hmm. From anything, right? So, like the Iran deal, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's apocalyptic. And well, see, I know I know literally nothing about that. I'm paying attention to that at all. Well, see, that's one way: opt out. Yeah, and and I find myself, and this is maybe the most cynical thing. I find myself like, like today, I got call. I called. Terrible choice of words. I chose mm-hmm. to, you know respond to something on Facebook again. And right. it was about this Planned Parenthood thing. And Is that the abortion thing? I just right. saw a headline about it. Right. Mm. And what so just based on the headline, what do you think that video was about? What what do you think was well, the in that? headline was just Planned Parenthood is being investigated for its use of fetal tissue, maybe? Wow, that is the most generic, yeah. broad, middle of the road. Maybe I need, what site was that on? I need to go it there. It was um, Reuters, Reuters. Okay. Yeah, like How, Associated Press or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. any That's kind like, of general, generic. And it's, I, that, I'm very selective about where I get my news from and and that's one of the reasons why I left Facebook because of the discourse. It's one of the reasons why I'm on the verge of quitting Reddit because of the state of the discourse, but it's like, I use an RSS reader to get all my news. I'm very selective about where I get that news. So like news news I get from stuff like like absolutely the most vanilla news you could get. Right. AP, Reuters, stuff like that. I follow The Verge just because I like their tech stuff. Vox is one that I'm following that is very close to being cut off just because it seems like every single thing they put out is clickbait. It's either clickbait or it's like... It's 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 so sort of um, social justice yeah, leaning minded, yeah. that it's like satirical. It <laughs> seems like it would be like a satirical take on what right. a social justice person would think, right? Right. It's like it, you know, one thing I do like is sometimes people post like, "Is this a real headline or an onion headline?" Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I feel like sometimes with Vox, you're like, yeah. In one of those Vox headlines, I know I was telling you about it, but it was it was literally like. Um, it was something like, um, is calling a group of people guys wrong? I didn't think so, but this changed my mind. And it was just was like, 
you're you're <laughs> this is you're going too far. You know what I mean? It's like we're 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 taking things too seriously well, every, at that point. And everybody has those, right? Like Slate, I feel like is now really becoming that where yeah. you have these fringe opinion pieces that are like just mm-hmm. they're not it's like this is not an endorsement of this site this is just like we're just it's like no that's that's clickbait you're you're kind of like trolling mm-hmm. you know the readership when you post you know these like i would argue not very well thought out like opinion attack pieces right <clears throat> and then just guys under the like oh we're, we're just hosting a host of um thought mm-hmm. here um you know one thing, going back to the AP really quick, I do follow them on Twitter. And one thing that I like about them, you, you heard about the Jesse Eisenberg Comic Con thing. Mm-mm. I take it since you don't know about the Iran, the RSS feeds you do might, mm-hmm. maybe they run more entertainment focused, but you don't even know about that. No. He, you know, he plays Lex Luthor in the new right. Superman V Batman or whatever. Right. And he went to Comic Con and the Associated Press was interviewing him and he compared his Comic-Con experience to genocide. And then he basically called reporters pariahs. Mm-hmm. Um, based on a movie that I'm interested to see about a true story of a reporter and David Foster Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've yeah. seen the preview for that. Or I've so, heard something about it. So then on some of the uh, websites that I visit and stuff, it's like Jesse Eisenberg is everywhere. Mm-hmm. The Associated Press like did one of their little like tweets with like the, a little paragraph mention. It's like mm-hmm. the Associated Press either doesn't know what they have, mm-hmm. what you know, they just throw everything out there, or they are so vanilla that they're just like, all right, guys, just treat it with the same journalistic blandness right. that we do everything. Like right. I feel like Associated Press, whether it's you know Jesse Eisenberg talking about what a cultural genocide comic con felt like to him because people were yelling at him. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's like the Iran deal or some horrific earthquake, the associate press is going to give you the most, their uncut video footage. Mm-hmm. I, I have to watch every single one of those because sometimes I'm like, who even chose this 30 second clip to show, <laughs> right? It, it literally shows nothing. It's like uh-huh. uncut footage of the earthquake and, Yep, there's a, right. a building, people just walking around. <laughs> there's no voiceover, there's no context. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's all to say that right now I am wondering where I got called out, like kind of how you got called out on Reddit uh-huh. for like wording. Uh-huh. I just posted something that's basically like, hey, everyone, like here's a here's an article. I actually linked to a Vox article about the Planned Parenthood thing. I was like, it's a reason, rational kind of take on everything. Mm-hmm. Why not read that and then watch? They have a video about abortion at the very end mm-hmm. and about how people talk about pro-life, pro-choice when you just give them those options or if you just ask them more open-ended questions, you get more thoughtful answers back, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not do that? And then try and foster healthy discussion on your news feeds. Because mm-hmm. everything I was seeing was like, ah, you know? And it's like you... You know the truth, again, is somewhere back from where the people that leaked that video are placing it, right? Mm-hmm. They're placing, you know, the football like five yards past where where it really is. But that's why I like podcasts so much because, again, I'm selective with what I listen to. But you just with the format, you've got people who are forced to try and vocalize and rationalize their opinions, whether it's about 
something as serious as that, or it's about Frozen, right? Mm-hmm. And you're somewhat taking away the anonymity of the internet because they're interacting with somebody else. Yeah. It's a, just a little bit more personified because it's your actual voice speaking instead of you writing a, you, uh, you know, a mean-spirited comment on a Facebook right. And I guess page. for for comments or issues like this, I kind of do like the amateur approach because I do feel like sometimes when you get into... There are certain podcasts I think are really good, but there are some where I feel like, you know, even left, right, and center, it, you know, it, it can turn into just like a screaming... Yeah, that was the thing that made me stop listening to left, right, and center. It's like their whole their whole uh, conceit is that they're not the screaming heads of whatever, and yet and they most are. of the time they're the screaming heads. They're the screaming heads, <laughs> and I, I don't I don't get that right. So it's yeah. like yeah, you go into like the professional realm. It's like yeah, left, right, and center. Okay, click on that. Before you know it, two guys are screaming at each other. Right. It's like okay, this is. I can get this from Fox News or CNN or I don't even feel any. They're all like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to do something a little different with this episode i guess we probably should have talked about that before we started recording but we didn't so we're going to do kind of a retrospective retrospective of the podcast or of the calendar year i think both i think we can actually do both sure okay so uh we're just gonna we're gonna look at some of the some of the things we've talked about maybe throw out some uh our 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 uh, best of the year so far. Just see where we're at at the halfway point, more or less, of the year. And uh, that'll be this show, I think, right? That'll be the majority of the show. We'll we'll talk about recommendations, and that'll be it. Yeah. So, uh, what do you got? Okay. So, I basically went through and kind of made a list of everything that we've talked about since January okay. through today. And... I have a few questions for you that I wanted to throw your way. And some of these might be pretty obvious because of how much you've actually engaged in them. Okay. Like books, I don't think either of us have really been reading nope. terribly much. So are you gonna read Ghost at a Watchman though? You know what? I am not. Is are you is are you reading that for like moral or ethical reasons or are you just not interested? Not interested. I mean oh, okay. I, to me it's perfectly summed up. Uh, the onion did an article and I, now I forget what it is, but it's like, um, Harper, I think they were riffing on Harper Lee again, or like, you know, is to release a book called like still in progress, the Mm, novel. mm. And it's like, exactly like this is, this is a first draft discovered decades later. And from the timeline of it, it seems like this was written before, uh, to kill a mockingbird. Mm -hmm. Then she stopped that to write To Kill a Mockingbird because her publisher said, hey, this isn't really what we want to publish, you know, right now. And then that's getting released. So it's like, why do I want to read? It's the same reason why I don't read. uh, Was it Nabokov who died like before he completed his last novel Mm -hmm. and like his wishes were like, don't. 
don't release this. And right. then like his son did or something. And everyone's trying to be like, oh no, it's, it's actually very important. And he, he released it with the notes. It's like, no, it's an unfinished novel mm-hmm. of somebody who didn't want that out and not saying, I don't care if, if Harper Lee was aware of it or not, but it's clearly from everything that I've read and I've heard a lot of people talk about it. It doesn't feel like a co coherent cohesive right like novel so yeah. why would i want to read that yeah i'm not i'm not i love to kill a mockingbird mm-hmm. but uh no i'm not interested in her first draft i'm i'm not that's why i don't read like um leaked scripts like people are like oh the hateful eight it, mm-hmm. why do i want to read that you right. know I'll, I'll watch the movie thank you or i'll read yeah. the complete novel so for the film starting off pretty easy i just want to know out of all the films that we watched and these are not just films from this year the films that, that you've watched, what would be your recommendation? If somebody had to go back and if we had to condense our movies down to one, rec- what, what would it so be? So I can only pick one movie? One film. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your, your favorite film of the year, but the one that you would just recommend to the most people. I would say It Follows. Really? Yeah. I had you pegged for Inside Out. See, I, I just don't think Inside Out is as universal. Not as universal as It Follows? Yeah. You think It Follows is universal? Because for me, Inside Out is more about being a parent, being a father, specifically of daughters. Couldn't it be about being a kid? I haven't seen it yet. I mean, that's not how I took it, though. Okay. So Inside Out, as good as I think it is, better than the best movie that I've seen this year... I feel like it's very uh, close. I just feel like it's too closely tied for me to being a parent. I don't think I would have liked it that much if I wasn't a parent. Hmm. I can still appreciate the things in the movie, but in terms of, you know what I mean? And It Follows has been, I think, the movie that I've wanted to see again the most. Most. Yeah, because you only saw it once. Right. Right. Yeah, I saw it twice. Yeah. And... We've we've read some people and I think they're right. It it does get better. Mm-hmm. Like on a second viewing, I don't know if it's because you you understand better what they're trying to do with it, mm-hmm. that you can just kind of like go with it a little better and soak in the atmosphere of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it really is a beautiful, like I think distillation of a world. Right. You know, this whole other world that has its own set of rules that's like ours but not. Yeah. You know? And I think uh, so that's good. That actually kind of ties into what I was going to say. I'm I'm going to cheat a lot during this because mm-hmm. that's what I do. I'm a mm-hmm. cheater, right? <laughs> uh, but I I Mad Max Fury Road. I think I can still come around and recommend that at some point. Uh-huh. But the Duke of Burgundy is one that I would want to recommend for people uh-huh. and kind of go back and highlight and say, you know. This is not a film that you might like, mm-hmm. but it's the most interesting kind of interesting film in the same way it follows is um, that I've seen this year. Yeah. And and kind of surprising. Um, and that, that I think is the one that I'd, I'd most like to hear people's take on mm-hmm. um, because there's you're not going to see anything else like it, you know, this year. Is there a movie? Um that we haven't talked about on the show that you would recommend? 
that I've just seen mm-hmm. generally. Um, no, I think I tried to talk about the the main ones that you know I've watched. I'm really racking my brain. The ones I left off were the ones I just hated. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, there's there's not one out of if you've listened to the show that I'd recommend over what we've talked mm-hmm. about. What about you? Uh, yeah, I watched now the Bill Burr's got a new comedy special on Netflix. Have you watched that? No, I haven't watched it. It came out at the very end of last year and I watched it as soon as it came out, but my wife and I just watched it again this past weekend, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. It's really good. Um, so it's on Netflix it's called, I'm sorry you feel that way. You you know what I will say? Here's, here's actually one now, now that, You've got my brain working. Um, Stoker. Mm-hmm. I rewatched Stoker mm-hmm. the other night. Have you seen that? I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. Man, that movie is awesome. That movie really is great. Because we watched that at Smyrna, didn't we? Maybe not. Do we watch? No. I, don't no, I think, think I'm thinking of Mother. Yeah, yeah, Mother. Um, mother, but, I definitely fell asleep during. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> but Stoker was a film that... It was like in my top five of that year mm-hmm. on Letterboxd. And after watching again, I was like, I think it's too low. It's, it is. I really love that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but yeah, and you, you like Bill Burr already, right? Yeah. Is, is this a good one to start with? Cause yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, it's, it's very well made. It just is an hour and a half of stand up. You know, there's no like, it's in black and it looks great. Mm-hmm. It's filmed great. It's just a very, like, it feels like a very classic, straightforward stand-up special. And I'm not a, the biggest fan of stand-up either, mm-hmm. but it's super good. Any uh, disappointments in films this year, kind of? See, I don't think so, because I do my best. I try to be so <laughs> guarded that I don't allow myself to get disappointed almost. Well, I mean like Matt for me, Mad Max had the biggest possibility of disappointing and and it didn't. Yeah. Delivered 100%. So what about, I mean, lava was kind of forced upon you, but wouldn't you say that by, by default? No, no, I would have never in my life been, had any sort of positive expectations for lava. I, I can't believe that you're not telling me they came together. Is not down it, there. Or, or hey, what about Montage of Heck? D- I didn't guess. You have- yeah, I guess. But at, this, at the same time, I'm not a huge Kurt Cobain fan. My wife just watched it the other weekend. She liked it a lot. So, really? I, you know, and the documentary itself, I thought it was interesting, the stuff he was doing with the montages of Heck, right? <laughs> <laughs> but... It was just a little too long and it's obviously very biased, right? It's not, it's not painting a very accurate portrait of the people involved, but you know, I wasn't like, I mean, when I think disappointed, I think about something that I'm like excited to see. And the only movies I would say I was probably really excited to see would have been inside out Mad Max and it follows and I really liked all of those movies. All right. So 2015, best year in film for Justin of his life. <laughs> because there's three running, movies there's I three like. running because there's three movies. I think that's high for, for you <laughs> yeah, in any given probably. year. Probably. For, for me, it would probably be Jurassic World. 
I really, but did you think Jurassic World would be good? No, I didn't really. But then when I committed to saying, Hey, Elise, we were going to see us in the theater. And uh-huh. we, we're going for a movie that's theater potential. Let's see Jurassic World. What ended up really, really bothering me about it is the stupidity of it. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that, so even going in thinking like, Oh, okay, whatever, but this will be fun. I then listened to another podcast um, <clears throat> called Mom on Pop with John Teddy Tatey mm-hmm. uh, from AV Club. Um, he has literally the funniest thing I've I've almost ever read on the internet, mm-hmm. which are his episode rundowns of Project Runway, mm-hmm. which when he was doing that was, I mean, I, I'd be laughing out loud. Um, so I'm a fan for life. So I, I listened to his podcast. Yeah. But his mom went and saw Jurassic World, and then they both kind of start picking it apart. And there's a scene where the where the dinosaur outsmarts everybody to get out of his pen. Mm-hmm. And part of it is that he scratches the wall to make it look like he climbed out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're watching that and you're like, whatever. But then one of I think it was his his mom on the podcast, she points out like did the dinosaur never scratch a wall? Like his whole, he grew up in that pen. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that like it never tried to get out that way. Mm-hmm. And so now they see marks on a wall and they go, we got to go investigate, throw the doors open. Mm-hmm. What is this? Right. It's like, no, I think if it's an animal, any animal is going to try and scratch a wall to get out. Mm-hmm. So you'd be sus- a little more suspect if mm-hmm. you saw scratches be like, let's not run in there. Because that that proves he's out. Yeah. Yeah. That really turned me on it. And then the high heels. Right. No, and <laughs> looking at my uh, letterbox now, there are two movies that stick out as disappointments. Nightcrawler, which was mm. not a disappointment. I liked mm. the movie, but the ending monologue by one of the side characters is is a is a crime. Next. Right? It's ter- that is a that is such a false move within the movie. It's so terrible. That was really disappointing. That was disappointing because I just watched an hour and 40 minutes of a great movie only to get a five minute, you know, just lecture. It, yeah, it was terrible. That Those five minutes were terrible. And this isn't as much of a disappointment because I didn't. It was one of those movies that was like you see the trailer. and It's like, wow, that movie looks terrible. And then. And then all of a sudden, hey, all of these people really love this movie. So let me check it out. John Wick. John Wick. But then it was like. Headshot the movie. Yeah, I'm not not really into it. Okay, so um, let's move on. But we'll maybe circle back or if if something comes to mind. Uh, So this one's going to be quick. Sure. Books and stories that we've read this year. Yeah. Um, any, Any kind of story that you would recommend if somebody was like, I want to read a good book or short story that we've talked about that you'd go back and highlight as well, they should focus on a book that I always talk about, but we've never actually talked about is the New York trilogy. And that's always going to be my go-to recommendation. If anybody ever wants a book recommendation, it's the New York trilogy. But yeah, this has not been a good reading year for me. So I finished the Southern Reach trilogy, which was disappointing. 
You didn't like East of West that I gave you, right? Yeah, I didn't particularly care for East of West. Um, Countdown City. Did we yeah, ever follow see, up on that? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I've started and stopped so many things. Countdown City, I've read like maybe 100 pages, but I've just stalled out. Not a good reading year for me. I tried, started reading that um, DMZ graphic novel. Right. Can't get past it. I don't know. I'm in a weird place with books right now. Um, the, the one kind of short story recommendation that stands out for me is probably the plagiarist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one that I would, I would recommend. Yeah. The plagiarist if, was great. Right. If anybody wants to you know, just read a good short story, um, I think out of all the ones that we've talked about, I'd, I'd probably recommend that one. But like you, for me, it's been kind of a down year for reading too. I'm, yeah. I'm right now reading, uh, Wolf in the White Van mm-hmm. by John Darnell. And um, I'm enjoying it, but I, I'm looking forward to maybe talking about it a little further. Um, and the Book of Strange New Things, I think, if there was one that was like a letdown, it mm-hmm. that might be it. Not saying that it's not beautifully written, and I, I, w- I will never write a book like that mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, in my lifetime. Um, not saying that there's a possibility of me doing outside of my lifetime, but ever, <laughs> I guess I could say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, and I think I said this at the time, it, to me, it's another one of those stories that sets up a lot of things mm-hmm. and then takes pleasure in like going around them. Right. And like, well, why'd you, why'd you set it up anyway? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so that, that might be it. Um, and for you, would Southern Reach kind of be a disappointment? Just. Yeah, I, I think so. Just because I like the fur, it's a trilogy, and I got the hardback that collects all three books. And I read the first book in like a week, and it mm-hmm. was really good, mm-hmm. and it really pulled me in. And then that second book really dragged, and the third book, it's kind of did the same thing that you were saying about the strange new things. It sets up a lot of things that are really interesting, and then it sidesteps all those things because they're quote unquote, you know, not the point. It's kind of like, all right. Yeah. Well, there's waste my time on this. All right. So, I mean, I I think we both would agree that we, we do like reading and we want to read more, but, uh, so far 2015. Yeah. A bum scoop of a year. Um, shows. So the first show listed, I think was the front runner right out. And I'm interested has anything surpassed the jinx for you this year in terms of the shows that you've watched? I don't think so because I haven't watched very many shows. We are in the middle of True Detective, right, Justin? You and may that wanna... is not going to surpass anything except for like maybe a pile of garbage. Which at this point, I might better spend my time digging through garbage for recyclables <laughs> than watching True Detective. But yeah, the the jinx was great, although it it also kind of started off a little weird where it was like I wasn't sure of the tone he was going for. The editing seemed really weird, right? In those yeah. first couple episodes, but I think the end really kind of redeems the whole series and it really the end of that show is probably, you know, something that we'll never see again, right? Right. Like to have somebody confess a real crime on like when he doesn't know it is just kind of insane. Right. 
and the stuff you get out of it, like um, I was just watching, uh, what was it? I, there's been like a handful of things that I've seen and listened to this past week where it's like people are <laughs> mocking and imitating Robert Durst, Durst. like burping <laughs> as he confesses. Right. It's like just a, such a weird scene, right? right? And it's one of those things that's like, you know, this is going to live on right. for a long time and be yeah. referenced for a really long time. Yeah. I mean, it is. It, I think the the other amazing thing is that the b- bizarreness wasn't just about what happened in the documentary. I mean, his whole story from beginning oh, to end crazy. is crazy. Yeah. And it's just one thing after another. And like you said, it won't be done again. I think not only for the confession, but because it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know, like it really is the most bizarre kind of, murder crime right. story I can think of. Yeah. It was actually on, I don't know if you listened to the best show with Patton Oswalt. Yeah. He was on yeah, there. I did. Actually. He was talking about how Andrew Jarecki would get Robert Durst to be the movie phone guy. <laughs> and as he's giving the movie times, he starts burping. burping. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, something else that I think was really good in terms of like an actual show would be other space, right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. In terms of the surprise show mm-hmm. so far, it's other space, yeah. which I I just, it keeps growing and I keep referencing it, which mm-hmm. I think is sign of a, of a great show. Um, the problem is, is that literally nobody understands what I'm talking about, right. you know? <laughs> like there are a few times where even at work, I will just randomly be like, you said we were a team, a team of dreams. <laughs> and people will just look at me like, what are you talking uh, about? Right. You know? But I find it just hilarious. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Other Space, I think, is definitely like the surprise show for me. Mm-hmm. And I hope there's a second season. Yeah. You know, at, at least. I, I think I'd be happy with at least two seasons of mm-hmm. that. Um. But I guess I did want to talk about also another show that I wasn't really didn't have a lot of stock in that I think surprised me was High Maintenance. Yeah, High Maintenance was good. And now that's coming to HBO. Did Mm -hmm. you see that? So I wanted to know when it comes to HBO, is that going to be a show that you're going to start watching again? Or did you kind of have your fill with the... I mean... The thing about that is my initial reaction would be one of the things that I really liked about the show is that it's like eight minutes long, right? And they're not going to keep that format on HBO. But then it's but then I think when I did watch them, I was watching like three or four back to back. Right. So I obviously wouldn't have a problem sitting down and watching a 30 minute high maintenance episode. Uh, it just is a matter of how they do it, I guess. But at the same time, like I said, when we talked about before, like I don't smoke weed. I really don't know anything about that culture. And so I'm not really, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't resonate with me in any way. I can appreciate some of the storytelling, but I don't relate to any of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess I relate more to to the stories, and so i I really like I really liked it, and yeah. I, that wasn't as much of a 
of an obstacle to me. Um, other than I think when it became a story point, like here's a story that fundamentally is kind of like we should legalize this. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not as interesting as we're more interested in telling great stories mm-hmm. around this conceit. Yeah. Um, anything else stand out for, for you this? In terms of television, I did want to mention that the Clippers Spurs series was awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was the first round of the playoffs, which stunk, but it was a really great series. Right. Yeah, Other oh, than that, the playoffs were kind of... Yeah, overall, you, you were kind of you know, cool great. on the... On the I playoffs. mean, the Warriors-Cavs was great when the Cavs were winning. But it's like, like I told my wife, in ga- if they didn't... When the series was 2-2, I said, if the Cavs don't win game five, it the series is over, right? Like, if the Warriors win game five, it's over. The Cavs are, are just done. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I never really thought they were going to win, but it's, you know, it's always fun to see the underdog sort of yeah. rise up. Um, so I think we, we both agree in terms of one recommendation, it would have to be other space. Yeah. So I think everybody, if you haven't already taken our f- run from and our it's last free. podcast. It's on Yahoo. It's free. It's, you know, short. Yeah. It's got it all. Yeah. Short, funny, free. Right. Um, so I want to talk about games now. So this has been kind of a busy, a busy year for us. Um, well for you, maybe I've played destiny and that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's a couple hours here and there have been devoted to other games, but close to probably 500 hours have gone into destiny for me. (laughs) Are you still going strong with destiny? I'm, I think I'm almost done. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I haven't fallen off the edge yet, but I'm like mid fall, right? I'm like almost to the point to where I'm not going to be able to regain my balance. And is it kind of based on the community too, or is the game kind of run its course? I feel like the game's probably run its course. Some of it has to do with how Bungie is handling the game and how it's kind of being left behind in lieu of just promoting the next big thing that I can buy. Um, but a lot of it is, I think that I think honestly, I think a lot of it is just that to be honest, because mm-hmm. it's like every week I've been, let me do this so I can get this, you know, I've got, I've set up, a, I've set up a schedule so I can do everything, a loose schedule. But then when you start to see week after week of Bungie, not addressing the issues of the game and and instead saying, hey, you get this thing when you buy our next thing that comes out in September. And oh, hey, those things that you're worried about, we'll address them. uh, But we're not going to give you a date for when we'll address them. And more than likely, they'll be addressed when you buy this $40 thing. I mean, so that's uh, it's just is a little disheartening. Not that I blame them. I mean, they're a business. And, you know, at the same time, plenty of people have said on Reddit, like, it's okay to just stop playing, right? Like, maybe you're yeah. not meant to play it for a thousand hours. Right. You know what I mean? Um, what about, I, I want to follow up too on Pry. That was something that you were midway through. 
Was did that you, the like video mm-hmm. um, series we did the first? Yeah, it was like the what is it like the PTSD yeah. stuff? I did not touch it after that episode. Really? Yep. That would be if if there's one recommendation I'd have for you, it'd probably be to finish Pry. Okay. Because the whole experience is like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they do after where you're at, I think, mm-hmm. is the most interesting and exciting part. The 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 last bit of it i think is is really interesting um so i mean for you though you'd still recommend destiny right would you recommend it even for somebody i don't know really after all that time it's just well i mean it just is so much and it's still the core issues are still the same like the only reason i am playing the game as much as i do now is because i've gotten past the first 10 hours that you have to play to get to where i am at like the end game mm-hmm. stuff is super fun and the competitive multiplayer stuff is still super fun for me. And if anything, that's the only thing that's going to keep me coming back to the game is right. I still really enjoy playing the multiplayer. I'm getting better and better and better at it. Um, and so that's fun. But like the single player stuff, it's a different story. If you have somebody to play with, I don't, mm-hmm. I play by myself. So all of the single player stuff for the most part, I'm playing by myself, and it's not that much fun, to yeah. be honest. Like the end level stuff is the end game stuff is if you can get a group together, but I don't know. And and on top of that, all the stuff they've added in, it just feels like it to me. I know if I looked at it, if I hadn't played at all to this point, and I was looking to get it, and I knew how much of a drag that early stuff was, that would turn me off, and then. I mean, I've been playing it for 800 hours now, and I'm overwhelmed with all the things you can do, right? Like, I'm at the point in the game where I can do everything in the game. Right. I just don't have time to do all of it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I don't know if that's That's really worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So what about her story? Would you recommend Did you play her? Have you played her story yet? Look, I honestly, I've been trying to free up, and I can't free up enough space right now (laughs) on my small phone. To uh, it is a big download. Yeah, to, to to fit it, I'm gonna have to use my wife's phone, and I just can't. I yes, really, really I would say second to Destiny. Her story is my game of the year so far. Like it, and it's not even really a game, mm-hmm. but it was for the few hours that I played it, I was obsessed, completely obsessed. Um, and I don't really want to give anything away about it because I didn't know anything going into it. A lot of people have been podcasting about it. Mm. Um, Polygon has a podcast, and they just did a mm-hmm. whole... I'm saving that for when I actually... Yeah, I, I listen to that. It's good. Um, I went to the Reddit. You know, there's whole communities dedicated to figuring out what is going on and all this stuff, and it's really interesting. So, yeah, her story, I think, is, is my biggest regret so mm. far this year, like the game that I'm most looking forward to playing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, I've, I've probably given the most time to Hearthstone mm-hmm. at the same time. It's become such a part of my <laughs> life. <laughs> that must feel like a burden. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a burden in the sense that I, I still enjoy playing, but I yeah. don't really know what I'm getting out of it. You know, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just, I'm just doing this thing. Right. Um, so I don't think I can fully recommend that one. 
Um, and, and I am kind of getting, I am interested, you know, like don't believe his lies. I'm still interested in and kind mm-hmm. of seeing how that resolves and everything. But Darkest Dungeon, I think, a uh, PC game on Steam, I think it's still in early access, mm-hmm. is probably, you know, the most exciting game that I've played. In. Really? You'd pick that over Ethan, Vanishing of Ethan Carter? You know, I I might. Because that seems like the one you've talked about the most. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's tough because The Vanishing of Ethan Carter is great, especially for one playthrough. It, ju- it just came out on PS four oh really yeah um i love i love that game mm-hmm. um but its replayability is is very small right and so with darkest dungeon that's something that i've, I've just continued to go back and the fact that it's an early access mm-hmm. means that there's aspects of this game i haven't been exposed to yet and i'm i'm interested in in that um but yeah i've been playing a lot of kind of turn-based strategy but um you know, if, if I had to recommend one, it you know, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter mm-hmm. is probably the best walking simulator mm-hmm. uh, that, that that I've played, and Darkest Dungeon is probably the best kind of mm-hmm. turn-based one. So let's talk about Thomas Was Not Alone, the game that you recommended last oh, week. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, Cordial Minuet, which I've talked about, mm-hmm. and I, gotta, I think I told you off-air, mm-hmm. um, I logged in. I had a buddy come visit me last weekend. And I was just showing him kind of like what I've been up to. I was like, oh, here's a semi-satanic game that I, <laughs> that I played for a little bit. And he likes poker. So I wanted to okay. you know, get his take on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I opened my account and I've got $50 in there. And again, the the minimum to play is $2. That's why I put in. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did I get $50? And I remembered I entered like a $1 tournament. And I don't understand everything. Like, I don't know what. He's just like, there's a tournament going on. So I just click in it. And I don't know what I'm doing, right? Mm. And I think I was benefited by the fact that there's only like six players in the world. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say, how much <laughs> do you think that is just a winning by default? Like, yeah, it could have been because I, yeah. I think I had like a good run, and then I didn't, and yeah. then I just kind of I didn't, I just stopped playing, you know? Yeah. And um, and so apparently I I did well enough for fifty dollars and a copper amulet that apparently he wants to mail me, but. I have my reservations. Right. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't want to get a, like a golden calf, a bronze calf in the in the uh, mail. That's like, copper monkey's paw, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, yeah, I just wanted to wanted to mention that I'm actually still that this last weekend kind of got me back in. I, I actually had a really great run. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I still I still am intrigued by the game. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Thomas was alone. Okay. So it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it, I guess, like a platforming puzzle game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I played, I don't really know how you would define it, but I played until you got three pieces, basically. Okay, so you got uh, Thomas, John, and right, yeah. and the short one. Chris? Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's interesting. I really like the art style. It's you know simplistic, obviously, but it's mm-hmm. really neat. And there's um, like a narrator yeah. that I thought was a really nice touch. Uh, so that's about. I mean, it's it's good. I enjoyed it. I would say for me, the game really, really picked up when you get the fourth piece. Okay, a piece called Claire, mm-hmm. and I think that starts to really tie it together. And what I enjoy, and one thing that I 
feared about Thomas was alone is that it's just going to be like a cute game mm-hmm. of, you know, shapes fitting into, you know, their portals mm-hmm. and like, that's it. But instead there is a coherent story that I appreciate. Okay. Um, that the narrator hints to, and then mm-hmm. in between the chapters, I don't think you've gotten a lot of those, no. but that hints as, as to why these shapes are in the position that they're in and okay. what's going on with their world. And it really comes together with, with Claire, mm-hmm. the fourth piece. So, uh, yeah, I really like it too. Um, I like the soundtrack. It's a little, it gets a little insistent and repetitive mm-hmm. for me, but that's why I enjoy the narrator. And I actually, mm-hmm. I started playing the, Oh man, what's it called? Parable. The Stanley parable, the Stanley parable. Mm-hmm. And that, that is with a, a narrator that reminded me of Thomas was alone. And it seems like a, like a new, like exploration factor in, in games. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how far back narrators go, but it seems to be something that a lot of games are kind of picking up on really kind of, I think with like portal, like mm-hmm. portal and portal yeah. two really introduced this idea of like, Oh my goodness, we can have right. like a narrator framing this whole game. And other games are picking up on it. And I do, I like, I like the way Tex and Thomas was alone. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd recommend anybody's Xbox yeah. One or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really solid game. I played it with uh, my son. Okay. I was like, can you do multiplayer? But you can just, with two controllers, control the pieces. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of by default multiplayer, which can get a little frustrating at one point. He just wanted to. <laughs> He was like, Dad, you try and solve this puzzle while I try and screw it up for you. <laughs> he like keeps jumping constantly and I'm having to like navigate with him like just pressing A constantly, right. uh, which was fun for about five minutes. Right. And then I had to be like, Okay, let's stop. That's not it's not as fun as right. you think it is. It's not as fun for an adult as it is for a six year old. For a six year old to hit that A button. Yeah. So anyway. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so let's talk about Music. Hmm. Our most contentious yes, area definitely. of the year. So, all right, let's... Uh, I, I'm more interested in what's your bottom. What's your least favorite either band or album that you were forced to listen to on this podcast this year? Or maybe not even forced. Maybe you just... I don't know if I it. have a bottom necessarily oh don't you yeah go ahead i bet i remind me (laughs) i beg to differ um well now that i look at there's i just saw my bottom Uh um but you know courtney barnett courtney barnett yeah i mean look the things that i don't like i mean like courtney barnett look I will admit to being wrong on Courtney Barnett's message and songwriting, Mm -hmm. but the the style still is not my deal. You know what I mean? Like I just, it's just not my thing. I still just don't like the way it sounds. Like I can give you, I'll back off on the whatever waffles line or whatever the lines were. Smoothies. I'll give smoothies. I'll give that to you. That's fine. But at the end of the day, the sound itself, which is what to me is most important when it comes to music, just doesn't work with me. 
So here's here's one that I'm interested in just getting your quick quick take on. I kind of <clears throat> not linked to this podcast at all, but I got you to listen to White Reaper on NPR First Listen. Right. Is that the keyboard band? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How far into that did you get? Uh, I think I got like halfway through and the issue I had with that, first of all, was the keyboard, was the really obnoxious boingy boingy keyboard in the first two songs. And the singer is a little too polished for what he's going for, Hmm. for me. He's going for a rough, graspy, punky voice, but it is just feels too produced, right? Uh, for I'm, me, I, okay, yeah, for you, okay. for me, it feels too produced. With that being said, there were I want to say the last couple songs that I listened to, I thought were pretty good. Yeah, the, the middle did. of the album, I yeah. think, really picks up. Um, but that's all I listened to. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll just answer my own question really quick. No big surprise. Yeah. What's your body? I am still shocked that I listened to Miguel. <laughs> that I got I got through that. Yeah. Um I feel semi-redeemed that it's you know best new music on Pitchfork mm-hmm. for whatever that's worth. Um but for me, not a fan of Miguel. I'm mm-hmm. glad I know that about myself. Yeah. A lot of people love Miguel. The more I looked into it, like he's in the same regards as like the weekend, which I also don't really care for, but like I guess he's he's not necessarily in like the Jason Derulo class. Like he's like I feel like a, he's looked at like a step above as a guy like that. Right. I I think I think he's looked at as having some artistic right. merit. And again, I I listen to him linked off of other people that I that I respect. But in listening to the music, I was just like, man, there's no kind of like subtlety or wordplay here. He is. Mm-hmm. He's just singing about what, you know, he's singing about. Right. Like, it's just yeah. straight up sex. That's yeah. what he's singing about. And I just was not interested. And musically, it wasn't, it didn't grab me enough. Yeah. But somehow I made it through the whole album. So one thing that I think is um, unique to music is that you, music sort of lasts for a really long time. You know what I mean? So it's like. During the course of this year, you're going to watch mainly new movies, mm-hmm. right? Whereas with music, you're there's a good chance you're listening to something that you've been listening to for the past 10 years of your life. Is there anything like that you've been listening to? Like just something that you've like rediscovered or something that you've been listening to maybe for the past couple of years? Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I mean... <clears throat> something that that I actually uh, started listening to pretty heavily and went back. I have a DVD of like all their videos and stuff. I watch those too. Mm-hmm. Is Weezer's Blue Nerf- Album. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Weezer's Blue Album, yeah. which is like the first CD I ever bought. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will just periodically go back to that and be like, man, what a great album. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so, yeah, I did that. And my, my buddy who came to visit me actually found an old mix CD that I made and got the songs off of it mm. and then played, <laughs> played it for me. He's like, Hey, this is what you, 
uh, they called it Life is One Long Pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go was on there, and Uh I haven't listened to that in a while. Um, No, but I mean, it was... uh, So actually, I have been kind of nostalgically dipping back into a lot of the music that I used to listen to when I was a kid. Yeah. Even before college. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I have started re-listening to um, Rolling Stones' "Exile on Main Street," mm. which is just as like it was an album that I listened to at one point in college, just like nonstop. Yeah. Uh, and just I don't know why. I think it's probably because I'm starting to do the parent thing of like I want my kids to listen to good music right and so like i'm like trying different things out and they inevitably hate all of it yeah but the rolling stones was one of those things and as soon as it came on it just takes you back to that time kind of and it's just kind of like man that album is so and of course it's regarded as one of the greatest albums right? right it's not news to anybody but it is just so so good yeah i think you're absolutely right about music where it has that you know, I keep referencing to um, the older I get, the more I catalog things mm-hmm. and especially music is one of them. But, um, you know, that scene high fidelity mm-hmm. where John Cusack is reorganizing his vinyl yeah. mm-hmm. and his buddy comes over and he's like, OK, not alphabetical, mm-hmm. you know, not <laughs> by like release date or mm-hmm. whatever. He's like, what is this? And John Cusack's like autobiographical (laughs) that line comes back to me more and more the Uh older i get where i where i can i can organize my life and my emotions around the music more than i can about like your movies that really mean a lot to me Mm -hmm. i'll revisit those but very few of them have the emotional visceral impact of weezer's blue album or god forbid the first third eye blind when i was in high school Mm -hmm. that I listened to all the time and just really meant a lot to me Mm -hmm. at that time, you know? Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting or, you know, mermaid Avenue means Mm -hmm. it means a lot to me and I'll listen to that a lot. So music, I think has that visceral feeling. And it's interesting too, because I look at these, at these bands and albums and it's hard to pick out what's going to be meaningful in 10 years from now. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, it's like well, it's, it almost has to it's prove not itself. going to be Jesse Balin. I'll tell you that much. Jesse Balin watch is still in effect, and I I listened to it uh, mm-hmm. a little over a week ago. I love right. it. Um, what about have you? So you have not li- out of this. I'm kind of jumping ahead to say, you know, kind of the album that I would recommend to people who who are who are listening would probably probably be the Alabama Shakes album. Mm-hmm. Which you you have not listened to, or you just don't like the Alabama Shakes? I've heard the songs, couple of songs. My wife likes it, so she'll play it every now and then. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, it's fine. I love and basically track down any live performance of them, any mm-hmm. video of them performing live, and get ready to grow an appreciation of that album. That mm-hmm. is. That's an amazing album, and that's an, an amazing performer. I mean, uh, Brittany, oh man, was it Howell? I think mm-hmm. is her name. Mm-hmm. She reminds me of like 
not that she sings the same style, but she's like, I feel like our generation's like diva, like our best mm-hmm. diva. Like mm-hmm. when I, I see her, I'm like, that is a performer, mm-hmm. you know, more than <laughs> there's a video. Have you seen it? Uh, like a vine of Beyonce dancing on stage at somebody set to like the chicken dance. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it works so well. And I think it works uh-huh. so well to expose to like, she's, she's something other, right? Like right. I don't look at her as a musical performer. She's, she's an experience. Mm-hmm. I don't take anything away from her. For me at this point, it's the, again, because I tried to go back and sort of look at what I've listened to throughout the year so far mm-hmm. and what I've, what I've actually still got in my iTunes library. And because of my approach of like, instead of consuming a lot, um, consuming a little, but consuming those little things a a lot, lot, Mm -hmm. I didn't have much in there, but the American wrestler album, I thought was really great, but that is, uh, soon to be usurped by the new Tame Impala album, which comes out, I think, next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. That I li- just listened to on NPR First Listen. I've heard good things. I haven't listened to it it's yet. It's great. Is it really? Yeah. I heard good things. And it would have been my recommendation this week, but I have a much better one in store. Okay. <laughs> so, um... But Tame Impala's new album, Currents, um, yeah, it's great. I really like it a lot. All right. Uh, finally, final area of stuff that we talk about is, and I have one one more mystery one after this, but okay. but podcast. This one's pretty quick. Sure. Um, you know, we we've referenced a few on the show, and I'm wondering, kind of maybe not even based on what we referenced on the show, but is there one that you kind of listen to that's kind of become a staple of your podcasting diet that you kind of go back and back to again that you'd recommend people check out yes so i'll list off a couple i'm gonna look i'm looking at my podcast right now and i'll list off a couple so the adventure zone is one which was a spinoff of one that i recommended for you where the mcelroy's from maximum fun and polygon and everything else they do they do a dungeon and dungeons and dragons podcast called the adventure zone and I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm not interested in ever playing Dungeons and Dragons. But the podcast is good for me just because they're funny. And it's also like, for me, it just has been kind of great to see how these, a, a group of people can sort of create their own storyline and act through it and sort of it and let it develop as they sort of play through it and it's all happening. It's all, you know, user generated, right? As far as I know, like I don't, I'm not really sure how Dungeons and Dragons work, but I don't think they're getting the story from any sort of lore book or anything. You know what I mean? So that has just been interesting to me to see how that kind of plays out. And mm-hmm. that is an interesting dynamic. Um, the, the best of three podcast is one that I listen to all the time, which is, uh, a, uh, Rob, who listens to the show, started his own podcast. And to me, that podcast, it represents kind of what we were talking about in the beginning of the show. And it represents for me kind of how I feel about podcasts in general. And 
there's in a, in a couple of the other podcasts I mentioned, they like to sort of rag on amateur a, amateur podcasts. Yeah. But to me, that's kind of the point. You know what I mean? Right. It's like I started out listening to podcasts because the things that I wanted to hear people talk about were not available to me on TV or on the radio or anywhere else. And then all of a sudden, you know, oneup.com, the video game website, is is gathering their writers and doing an hour-long podcast where they're just talking about video games. And it's like, that's what I've always wanted to hear. And so for me, the format of podcast is like, it's great to have things like Serial or Radiolab or other things that are highly produced and, you know, using resources that aren't available to the regular person. But what I really like the most, and I think it was the most unique thing about podcasts, is that you can just listen to a group of guys have a conversation about something. Right. And that, for me, is the most eye-opening, is more eye-opening to me than than an episode of Radiolab, even though I may be learning more from Radiolab. But with something like The Best of Three or with our podcast, I feel like you're able to get a perspective that's not, you know, media trained. It's not maybe tiptoeing around things. They're not trying to push an agenda, maybe. It's just a sort of like, I'm just looking for like a regular conversation. You know what I mean? Right. So that's uh, why I like that podcast. The best show, which we talk about all the time. And something that I was going to recommend as a general recommendation to anybody that lis- that listens, if you've ever been intimidated by the best show or if you've ever tried to listen and you didn't get it, they just released an episode called Best Show, Best Calls, where they collected the best calls from the first six months that the best show has been back. And it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it's a great starting point if you want to get into the show. And it's obviously not the whole thing of the show. And I feel like most people are going to be thrown by the Worcester calls. And that's not in there at all. But it's a great collection like to sort of get your foot in the door. Um, the Champs is one that I listen to religiously, although they and have they- not released an episode in a very long time. Yeah. Um, it looks like since March. But <clears throat> I keep every now and then going to their Twitters to see what's going on. Have they said anything? Yes. They're like, show's not canceled. We're just okay. doing different things right now, and we can't get together. Okay. So that's basically where that's at. Um, Hollywood Handbook is another one that I've been listening to ever since those guys were on The Best Show, and since Tom Sharpling from The Best Show was on their last episode. I've been listening to a handful of their episodes, mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to figure out how much I like the show. But it is very much, like I said to you, it's on the cinema, but for podcasts, right? right? So it's these two guys basically making fun of Hollywood, but also making fun of podcasters. So, you know, take it for what it is. I still find it funny. Right. Although I don't know how obnoxious I think it is. Like it, at some point I find, I could, could imagine myself being like, all right, this is, this too is much. terrible. I can't listen to this anymore. Uh, other than that... That's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, Love and Radio is great, which we didn't talk about, but Everything is Stories, which we did talk about, is still great. But yeah. they're also one of those where it's like... Intermittent. Right. They release it when they've got a story. It's not a schedule, so you might be waiting a long time, but they're great. Other than that, 
I listen to a lot of basketball podcasts, which are probably not that interesting <laughs> unless you're really Especially into basketball. Right. Um, <clears throat> really quickly, then I, I just want to throw out a kind of second every single one that you talked about. Uh, I don't listen to Adventure, the Adventure Hour. Right. Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone. Uh, but Death, Sex, and Money, I listened to an episode on siblings mm-hmm. that would have been a recommendation if it was my week mm-hmm. to recommend. Uh, Note to Self. Mm-hmm. Which we both started listening to. I think I think that is really good. I really, yeah. I really enjoy Note to Self. I was going to throw out Everything is Stories. Mm-hmm. I think that's really amazing. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, you know, talk about feeling overwhelmed by something. Welcome to Night Vale. I think is still something that I mm-hmm. that I return to and listen to. And when I got into it, like over a year ago. People were at that time saying, like, it's intimidating again, too. There's so much. Mm-hmm. But it's one that's that I think is really rewarding, especially in, in the framework of podcasts, because they're doing something artistic that other people aren't doing as much mm-hmm. or as successfully. And I think it speaks to where the future of podcasting could go um, more than like Gimlet Media, which we talked about, which is kind of like, perpetuating the This American Life stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of disappointed that they're just doing riffs on This American Life and they're not taking a chance with like, hey, I've got an artistic vision and a weird artistic voice. I want to try something. Let's let's do something mm-hmm. with podcasts that you know, hasn't been done or kind of build off of what Welcome to Night Vale is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you listen to The Last Love and Radio? I did. That That's about the... Um, the lady Zoe Nightingale. Zoe Nightingale. Did you then seek out her podcast and listen to it? No. Um, were you intrigued at all, or I was intrigued for half of it, and honestly, there's a point where she was kind of talking about herself a little bit that uh-huh. I, I got less interested. Yeah. Um. So her podcast is basically is literally just those interviews, right? Except instead of 30 minutes, they're just like eight minutes long. It's like each interview is its own thing. And they're Mm -hmm. all always about very explicitly sexual things. Right. Um, But I found it interesting. I think she has an interesting approach to it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how truthful these people are being. Right. I mean, a lot of it seems very amped up. Right. A lot of it seems very sort of uh, self-aggrandizing, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, I've been listening to it. Yeah, so. I think that's the part that kind of got me. That's another. That's another one of those podcasts where it's like I'm. I'm. We'll probably listen to this for a few weeks or months, and then I'll be done. So my recommendation for you before we close the show is something that you might end up hating me for. <laughs> and okay. it's not as much of a recommendation as it is an anti-recommendation. Uh, <laughs> and it's something I just, it's one of those things where I saw today and I watched this video and then I spent the next 
two or three hours trying to find out everything about this person as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And his name is Wes Walker. Wes Walker. He is a musician, DJ, slash producer, slash rapper. He's got three videos on YouTube, and I will let you look up those videos. All you have to search for is Wes Walker, like the football player, except an A instead of an E. Um, and we'll reconvene and talk about it next time. <laughs> I, I really want to say, I realized that, that I referenced a mystery category after podcasts, and really quickly I just wanted to say that was going to be um, the the miscellany stuff that okay. we kind of that we kind of talked about, and for that, the best miscellaneous piece of content for me is has been and still is. I showed my buddy the week over the weekend, and it did not work out well. Um, the PT videos. Oh really? Uh, yeah, he the, didn't like it, or just was it was it, it too freaked much. him out too much, uh-huh. and and I was kind of pushing <laughs> it a little bit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, your your playlist, the PT videos. If yeah. anybody at all is interested in a game that is no longer may never be again, right? Um, those PT videos are great. Yeah, yeah. No, really, I, I can link to it in the show notes, and yeah. it's still up. I've still got the playlist up there. Um. So you've been listening to Everything's Interesting. I am Justin uh, Blizzard, and I'm here with Keith Krepko. And like I said, all that, everything we talked about will be in the show notes, uh, which you can find hopefully in your podcast app. If not, you can go to eipodcast.com, and it will be uh, there with uh, links to everything we talked about, a nice pie chart breaking down the time that we spend talking about things, which considering the format of this episode it might not be on there just because we're kind of jumping all over the place but uh yeah we have timestamps and all that stuff there you can email me any questions from the website also i wanted to say since we're doing a bit of a recap show if you go to the website and you go to the archives page there is a search bar at the top and everything we've talked about in the podcast has been tagged and if you're interested or you're curious if we've talked about Frozen over the course of three episodes, you can search Frozen and three episodes will pop up and then we've that we've talked about Frozen in or anything that you're curious about. Um, so other than that, we will... Uh, oh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Blizzard with nine Zs. I'm at Things Come Right. And like I said, you can email me. All that stuff is in the show notes uh, if you have any questions. And uh, if you're watching True Detective, we mentioned it a little bit before. We we are doing a True Detective podcast that is called Everything True Detective. Uh, but that's it for uh, this week's show, and we will see you next week. 